Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Signing day eve, bloody tomorrow, but a lot to get to today. We'll spend time with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic in about 20 minutes. In hour two, we'll run down Andy Markowski. Pride aboard. Some Husker basketball thoughts as the Big Red get into action a little bit later tonight, the Husker women host Kansas tomorrow. And then uh, off to the NFL, Travis Vokalek will join us. We had a chance to sit down a little bit earlier with Travis. And uh, he's a little more aerodynamic now. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm kind of spilling the beans. Well, do you want to bury the lead or not? That's the question. We'll just let folks do the math. Okay. okay. All right. We'll just... <sighs> Pretty cool. Yeah, he he very aerodynamic wearing a speedo for this interview is quite no, impressive. No, 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 dude. That that absolutely um seals that he'll never ever come back on with us again. Well, that's what the I'm sure that's where people's mind first went whenever you said he's a little more aerodynamic now. Just you. <laughs> Just you. <laughs> Not me. Uh he may have been to the barber. There. Fine. Uh, as Elijah Herbal spoils it. Uh, you want to tell folks about Santa Claus, too, or, or are we good? Well, he already handled that a couple yeah, of years ago. We're I good. Love, love him. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get into it, but uh, still lots going on on the recruiting front and a couple of stories that, that are also out there. Uh, we'll, we'll spend some time with, with Mitch on Dylan Raiola. And what, what's your feel here, Elijah, with – some of the pictures that are out on social media, are you reading too much into? Is it a update, pick, up-to-date picture? A lot of Nebraska gear uh, in uh, on Dylan Riola here the last 24 hours, or were those just older pics that were posted? Were they current? They sure look to be the newest Adidas, Adidas. Ultra Boost Nebraska branded shoes, but, but hey. I'm not. Right. I'm, I'm not clue. I mean, that's a, that's a question for Carson, not a question for me. He'd know better than me. Yeah. No. The the uh, the, the the Nebraska issued ultra boost. Ultra boost. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But uh, we'll get into uh, to Nebraska's chances and Dion's doings. A lot of as much buzz as there has been about Coach Prime. There's a whole list of recruits that are not real happy with Coach Prime because they're. The scholarships uh, offers have not been on, honored by the Buffs, even though their AD made a phone call saying, hey, stick with us with this coaching change. So news of the day and a couple of reports out from on three, one with uh, another addition 
likely for Nebraska's football staff. staff. Rob uh, Wager uh, is a uh, pretty highly decorated high school coach from Arlington Martin High School in the state of Texas. And uh, indications look to be that he'll be uh, likely to be added to Nebraska's staff in some form of, or fashion. And then there's Casey Thompson. Casey Thompson's dad, Charles, great quarterback. We talked to Charles before Nebraska, Oklahoma, uh, checked in with SIP. And uh, we have some clarity on Nebraska's quarterback situation. Casey Thompson plans to fight for and win the gig in 2023. No news on Elijah Judy yet uh, as uh, Nebraska is in the, uh, the mix uh, for him. Uh, of course, Nebraska uh, still in the mix for Chief Borders. He'll make his announcement tonight. And I know we were asking a week ago whether you're a stars person, a rankings person, or a fit person. And it's more and more like rules all about fit versus numbers. But uh, those fit have turned into some numbers as Nebraska's projected recruiting ranking has climbed all the way up to at least number six in the Big Ten. So that's pretty impressive, pretty nice. But I want to go back to uh, Nebraska's current 19 commits. What? Well, you've, you've, got, you've got Goldman also that made his commitment late yesterday from Gretna. It's 19 current commits, but I'm going to do some research into the tweets of Matt Rule. And a lot of people saw a tweet from Matt Rule yesterday. It included five different phone emojis, five different star emojis, and then the last one was uh, like a, a phone vibrate type emoji. So he's so. waiting on an answer. I saw five phone calls so you're from going five to different in, stars. And some you're people, going to interpret. You're yes, going to I'm gonna interpret. D- try my best to interpret. People saw five different star emojis in that tweet, and they said, well, Matt Rule must be talking to a five star. I read into that completely differently. I saw five different phones and five different stars, which indicates five different people, five different players that Matt Rule thinks could be stars. Okay. How many commitments to Nebraska yesterday, Schmitty? Five. Four. Four. So it was there's, four. One, there's one more to go. There could be one person that called up Matt Rule yesterday and said, I'm in, and hasn't gone public with that information yet. Who do we think that is? I don't know. That, that, maybe we'll find out tomorrow. But that's he, how I read Is, he, on, is he on 70th Street? It's a very, very good question to ask, Schmidt. And I, I have no inside information here, but that's where my mind first goes. Whenever I see that tweet, I, it makes me think Matt Rule got calls from five different guys yesterday saying they were in. So let's Who do is the, that fifth? If, I, if I'm let's correct. Let's do the math. So you, you got. You got uh, Goldman. Goldman. Majacek. I probably screwed up. Majacek. Majacek. I was close. Okay, that's fine. You got uh, the, uh, the the defensive end. Prince Will. Prince Will. <laughs> We're going to just leave the front. We'll go with first names today. <laughs> Fourth. Uh, that would be. Is it the running back? No, 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 no. He's no. not committed yet, the NC State kid. This is Wait. wonderful. Wait, what? Have I done my math completely wrong here? I think maybe you have. <laughs> I think maybe you have. Oh, it's such a good theory. No, it worked. It worked. You know who's crying in their beer right now? Iowa. Iowa, absolutely crying in their beer. They just lost a, uh, a five star. Their five star offensive tackle, Caden Proctor, has flipped to Bama. But let's uh, spend a minute here on on coaching. All right, and. Matt Rule and what he's doing. 
and you've seen him go uh, get high school coaches. It's been outlined here with the the rule blueprint, so to speak. Uh, you've seen Brady Altman's stories uh, from Hale Varsity on just the connection he made in Texas. And if you can grab uh, a highly touted prep coach that's been a part of the last seven Under Armour All-American games, coach them in some form or fashion, where would you put a guy like Rob Wager? Wager, excuse me. And with, with Wager... Do you, do you put him at tight ends coach and and move Satterfield off to the quarterback coach since you you know Pete's is not coming? You already took Phil Simpson, who did uh, wonderful work down in in Florida. So you have probably a high school coach from the state of Texas. You have a high school coach from the state of Florida. We were talking out loud when Rule was hired. Do you go get a guy from the state of Nebraska as part of that triumvirate. Now, you're going to need to recruit Florida. You're going to need to recruit Texas uh, well, like you did during the Osborne era and and after, and, and sprinkle in some of that Southern talent with presumably your in-state or selected offensive lineman from that 500-mile radius. That's, that's, that's your blueprint to build, is to go get uh, linemen from the state of Nebraska or surrounding states. And if you have a skill guy like an Amon Green up the road in Omaha, absolutely go do it. You got some talent out in Cozad like a Brandon Holbein, you go do it, right? Or or Cluster Johnson, uh, Damon Benning. You go through the list of, of the in-state skill guys for sure, but you're gonna, your bread and butter is going to be your, your in-state tough dudes, uh, on the offensive line, when you think of the Zadiskas and Wiegerts, and uh, I'm missing the Noonans, right, on the interior. So Nebraska has done it before, and now to, to go get a high school coach from Texas and from Florida is is brilliant because of those ties, and you, you've got maybe some pipelines that can lead back to Lincoln. And that's easier said than done. It was easier or it was made to look much easier in the past because you were winning a lot of ball games. You were playing in San Antonio in the Big 12 championship games, or you were uh, in Arrowhead for a Big 12 championship game, or a, a decade ago you were at least in, in, in Indy for a Big 10 championship game. That's long, long time ago. So you're not advertising in Texas as much anymore. You've not been in Florida for bowl games. So – Take the best or guys that you think can fit, have an eye for talent, that are well-respected, that can reach out to other high school programs and coaches, peers. Bring them up here. Put them on staff in some role as an analyst or an assistant and go from there and let them develop and see what talent they can bring you. you you've got a really well-rounded-out staff right now, still with some openings as far as the diversity of experience you've got young people you've got guys that have been d coordinators at different conferences uh, for example mr white and and then you bring in uh some high school talent and maybe there's there's another name or person in state you add to help hammer home those in-state relationships since 
you're not from here, but you've scoured the state to make yourself known. You've shaken a lot of hands. You've gotten in a lot of living rooms. You've made a lot of phone calls to the high school coaches around the state. And I would bet money there's a spring slash summer bus tour coming. He's going to try and get every kid from every county to come to the Nebraska camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's so we can get a, an up close and personal look. Well, well, we were talking uh, back whenever Matt Rule was first hired. We were doing our reaction show, and this has been part of his history: is that he goes and gets high school coaches from the places that he wants to go recruit. So we sat here and went, "Are there any candidates of Nebraska high school coaches that we think he could bring up?" And while that still could be a possibility, I, I don't think we expected how Matt Rule was going to be this hands-on with high school talent within the state. Uh, you know. Based on what I've seen the past 20 years at Nebraska, it's the head coach from among the in-state guys is not the guy going out and evaluating talent. He's the finisher. The guy who goes and shows up to the high school whenever they got the guy. Nebraska's in the top three. He's going to go shake some hands. He's going to kiss some babies, and he's going to get that commitment. That's what, what the history has been. And it made sense at the time. Is you're going to get this high school coach that's going to go establish relationships and be the middleman between the head coach and the talent. I don't think we expected a head coach that was going to go this hands-on and say, no, I want to go directly to the high school talent. I want to go directly to the high school coaches. I want to be their contact when it comes to talent within the state. And that does leave you a little bit vulnerable and out of state, the places that you are still well-connected, Texas, Florida, Philadelphia. And while he's been to those places, it makes a lot more sense now with hindsight bias, being able to see the moves he's made for him to say, oh, I'm going to get high school coaches from these areas that I'm not going to be able to go to as much anymore, but I still want to have a presence because I'll be all over the state of Nebraska. I don't need a high school coach from the state of Nebraska. And maybe he could still add a high school coach, from within the state's borders, but I look at this and it's it's us playing chess and him playing 4D chess. Sure. I, I, I still think, who's to say he doesn't add a guy that's a well-respected high school coach in as an analyst? If, if it's a coach that's maybe close to retirement or could be close to retirement or maybe hey, I have an opportunity to jump on staff here as an analyst. I know they love coaching and teaching and being with with young people, but from a from a liaison standpoint, I mean Kenny Wilhite's hopefully still going to be a part of the future because uh, I think he's tremendous. But you also have what what To did, and that's hire Dan Young and Mil Taniper and, and Frank Solich, and those guys were GAs, and then they were elevated. But Solich was cranking out state championships at, at, at Southeast. You had uh, Dan Young doing work at West Side, and, and Milt was out in western Nebraska. I think he was, I mean, he was at McCook. And, and you had all three corners of the state covered. I mean, you had the, the western part slash central part, and then with what Frank was doing in, in, in Lincoln, and then, of course, what, what Dan was doing. I mean, it worked well, and you got to keep those relationships open. It is so vital and so important to the coaches that you show interest and just put the time in. They totally get, and I know I'm speaking for high school coaches, and they may tell me to go to hell, but it's so important for the high school coaches to at least have the head coach show his face more than just a blow-through occasionally really care and and value the relationship you may not take a kid but if you don't take a kid at least you've been there to see it for yourself and evaluate Mm. that is ultimately it you you don't you can't possibly take all of the in-state kids that want to play or think they can play that's what the camps are for to help kind of get things deciphered 
but you can't just ignore it. And uh, with what he has done, with what Coach Rule's done in a short amount of time, uh, tour in the state, scour in the state, but also now when we talk about two of the big three states, Texas and Florida, uh, those are big-time gets for him to go get uh, peers that can help create that pipeline. And I think he's well-connected in Jersey with Barthel. Uh, I mean, uh, they're, they're really going to hammer New Jersey. And you have an athleticism. And if we're just talking out of state, you're going to have the work ethic and the drive and the heart in state in Nebraska. And you're going to have the talent and athleticism. You have a, a, another set of athletes to choose from in Florida and in Texas. And you have a toughness, too, if you can really hit the Garden State. So it's working out well. Uh, so far for Nebraska, we'll see how they close. Mitch Sherman's next on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As, uh, we're going to spend some time with Mitch Sherman in a minute. Yeah, uh, Mitch is nearing the front of a line, and he doesn't know how he's going to do a radio interview while he's talking to the employees that are helping him. So he's going to delay it by a couple minutes, and then he'll go along with us. Look at him. Holiday shopping and interviews. It was not holiday shopping. It seems to be car troubles. Oh, no. Yeah. Mitch needs a hug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I pick up the phone, and I say, hey, Mitch, how are you doing today? And he goes... Not uh, well, Elijah, not well, in that Mitch Sherman tone. <laughs> yeah. Not well, Elijah, not well. <sighs> well, Mitch will no doubt be able to translate here in a little bit for us uh, what's going on with the uh, Matt Rule hieroglyphics, the emojis, mm-hmm. the translator. Because okay. I, I gave it my best go. I really did. And it turns out I'm terrible at math. And everyone who is listening live was able to, to hear how bad my math skills were. So You're a broadcaster. That's okay. <laughs> that's why I went to broadcasting school, baby. Uh-huh. No math here. Nope. But uh, Mitch plugged into the, uh, the Gretna football program. Uh, he's a proud Gretna resident, as is my brother. And uh, Mason Goldman in for Nebraska. Uh, 19th commit for the 2023 class. And uh, that's big. You have Jason Machachek, and uh, you have Prince Will Newmanolin. Uh, they were mo- they were Monday commits. What else happens today? That's on our mind. Uh, let's hit Casey Thompson and go to what Charles said, and and that is his son intends again that article on three that he intends to go win the job. You have. Casey, presumably back from what dad's saying, gets healthy, gets ready to, to, to hit the, the new offense head first uh, post-surgery. Uh, you have Sims that's been added. Potentially, uh, you have a, a trackster kind of slash role from Arkansas that may transfer in, so that's three quarterbacks. What do you do with uh, Smothers? who's also dinged right now and, and recovering. And and then you have Harburg. You have Richard Torres. You have Purdy. You have Chubba that's that's there. And you, you Chubba's got the athleticism. You gotta limit the turnovers, but I mean, until he got his his high ankles smoked, 
he was he was settling in. It wasn't going to go well for anybody behind center against Michigan, but at least on some third downs with his legs, he made some plays. So there's that athleticism and element. You've, you've got a good arm in, in, in Chuba, right? And if you design things and let him manage with using his athleticism, you saw a drive at least against Minnesota. So there's plenty of options. Not all are going to stay. You're going to see what you got by spring. And in spring, you'll be able to kind of decipher there and then move on. Who's staying, who's going. And that leads you to Dylan Riola. Question for you. If you're Dylan Riola, and let's do this math, Ohio State, we love you, we want you, come be a Buckeye. Sure, why not? All you do is put first-round quarterbacks into the draft. Ryan Day's a, a money quarterback developer. Uh, fast forward to uh, earlier this week. You know how to say the kid's name out of out of um, out of South Dakota, the quarterback. Oh, Lincoln Keynotes. Yeah, Keynotes. Uh, he ends up picking Ohio State over Caleb DeBoer and Washington. So, the hey, we're not going to take a twenty twenty three quarterback has turned into, you know, uh, Keynotes is is too good to pass up. There we go. What do you believe? And, and you're closer to the situation. You've had friends that have played Division One ball that have reclassified or been able to finish up a school year to get to college early. They, they, it's no different than being a prodigy at something else. You've seen it in tennis uh, with the IMG Academy. Academy it's, uh, why it started out was to be a golf and tennis academy, right? You see the pathway for PGA pros, they tend to get homeschooled or distanced coursed and, and go practice and play 18 every day. That's, that's how you develop And if you've got a gift like that. Well, in, in high school football and the, the top recruit overall, you're, you're just drilling, drilling, drilling all the time. You're getting quarterback tutoring and guidance, and you've obviously got uh, natural ability to, uh, to make that jump, right? So you have Dylan Riola. Is he a guy that could – graduate early early to join a football program do you believe and we'll ask mitch about this that there's any possibility of of riola reclassifying for 2023 to join a program early have a year to groom and learn and and be an ultra early enrollee that is possible to graduate high school early to jump into college but the other place i go is if you're the number one player in the country, number one quarterback and number one player, are you picking a college and planning on spending a year on the bench developing? That That's a big question in my mind because look around the quarterbacks that have been number one that have gone off to college. And I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a great example. You thought he was going to be sitting his first year. And then, oh, no, at the end of fall camp, he's, he's won the job. And now you got the uh, the previous starter whose name's escaping me into the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. You look at... Justin Fields, he thought he was going to be an instant starter at Georgia. Didn't get that chance, transfers to Ohio State, and is phenomenal. I mean, these guys, the ones that are at the top of their class, uh, at the top of the position rankings in recruiting, they expect expect to play early. So is Dylan Ryle in a place where he wants to reclassify up a year and then go sit for a season? Because that doesn't quite make sense to me. Unless it's a Quinn Ewer situation where he wants to go cash on NIL money and then transfer to a place where he can play immediately. But that's the general theme with all these guys. They want to play immediately. Does Nebraska, let's, let's ask ourselves the question, does Nebraska present an opportunity for Dylan Riola to play immediately? Maybe, probably not. 
Because you, you, you look at a place like Georgia, Georgia might offer that ability. Alabama might offer that ability. Even Ohio State might offer that ability. I know Ohio State's technically out of the picture now, but with the quarterbacks that they have, great quarterbacks that he wouldn't beat out, but they're going to be headed off to the NFL here soon. He, he can go and potentially go in a starting job in those places. You look at Nebraska and Casey Thompson coming back, and you say, could Ryla beat him out if he lives up to the hype? Potentially, but is Ryla going to pick a place where they have an incumbent coming back like this, and you have to go beat out a 25-year-old just about to go be the starter? Here's, here's what I believe. I, and I don't know Dom that well. And we, I, we also don't know that he's going to be reclassifying this. We're just walking you through potential options. Are you physically and mentally gifted enough to go win a job over a guy? Let's just say that's, that's the goal. Ewers didn't play. And we know how good he looked. When he finally got in at Texas. But he didn't play at Ohio State. No, what do you do? It he took, transferred. He, he got his money and he left. He went back home. You don't come in unless you're Trevor Lawrence or Tommy Frazier or Charles Thompson. You rarely come, Bernie Kosar, you don't come in as a freshman and A, survive, B, uh, not get yanked or have some lumps. You don't. You you typically don't have a a good season, and you typically don't have to go back into spring trying to fend off someone fighting for your job. You just don't do it. I, I've laid out the, the the true freshmen that, and and most of them aren't day one starters. The only guy that's been a day one starter his whole life was Peyton Manning. Okay, and that I mean that's it. Arch Manning will get that promise, but ultimately you've got to win. I think Raiola, Dom, dad, gets it. Dom's a guy who was a great center. Dom's a guy who still had to redshirt, and then he got worked in. I think some of his first more full-time action was probably that Holiday Bowl. But Dom was a guy that came in in 97, redshirted, 98, and then, and then left early for the draft. So by year four, he was off to the NFL, second-round pick, played damn near 20 years. Felt like it anyway. I think he gets that in college football, it's rare, rare, rare for the quarterback spot to come in. And, and look at Georgia's situation. I mean, they got a 29-year-old, not quite 29. He's 25 <laughs> playing, right? I mean, quarterbacks, while there's hype initially, they've got to come in, win it, and, and be good enough to go win your ball games because of what's at, what's at stake. And I don't know that there's very – and maybe Riola's the, the exception to the rule, but I don't know that there's hardly any true high school freshman that can come in and not have to sit and wait. Maybe later on in the year they get up to speed like Tommy Frazier in, in game six. Tebow didn't even start. I mean, he was – you had the the, the, the the red zone package for Tebow, where it was more of a jump pass, run pass, quarterback run option setup. So I just think that's a big ask, whoever gets him, to just roll the kid out there and say, all right, dude, you're it. Go live up to the hype, and we'll just ride with you. No. I mean, you, most guys need a year, period, to get their, their mind and their body ready for Big Ten or Power 5 play. But but you say most guys. When you talk, talk about the top recruit in the country, you're not talking about most guys. I understand I mean, that. Caleb but, Williams won the starting job over an established starter his freshman season, true freshman season but, but, in Oklahoma. But Caleb Williams. I mean, a, year, a year later, he wins the Heisman. 
Caleb Williams, though, didn't win the job over Rattler. Not preseason, but he did halfway through the season. You look at Bryce Young at Alabama, but, but kinda, won the job his freshman year. But it kind of comes to my point with Rattler. Rattler was, again, the number one quarterback in the country, and and he faltered, and they went to the, the other dude they recruited, right? And, and then Rattler had to go off, and he's done nice things at South Carolina, but he's needed the change of scenery because he wasn't, wasn't as good as he needed to be. I mean, he took a major step back his, his sophomore season. He was fine as freshman, really probably pretty good for a true freshman. I know he's not normal. I know he's special as the number one player. But I think that position specifically, Bryce Young's rarefied air, baby. I mean, he, he, is, he is really good. Well, I mean, that's, and, what that's what we're talking with a guy like Raul, though. These, okay. these are all guys I'm talking. The, the, the examples I've listed are all guys who are number one in the country. And what's around him? Great point. That's fair. What, what, I mean, you've got Bama talent around him. You have Clemson talent around Trevor Lawrence. Okay. You have uh, a really solid team, top 15, top 10 team around Tommy Frazier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you, you aren't going to be coming into that. You're just, you're just not by, by year two, after you've had a year to learn the system. Or maybe you get the final four games to preserve that red shirt. Maybe maybe it all clicks. I just think it's a big ask to... You can absolutely set your goal to be the a, a true freshman 18-year-old starter and go kill it. Well, I'm just saying no top recruit is going to change his classification in order to go sit for a year in college. At least that I believe. But I don't that's think That's not sense. the intent, but it might be the reality. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 dollars off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hail Varsity Radio. We welcome in the pride of Ord Husker basketball thoughts. Uh, Andy Markowski with us at Markowski underscore Andy, assistant at Pius as well. So if you have a, uh, a fantastic daughter that's player of the week, does that make you dad of the week? <laughs> I, I wear the ride her coattails now for, for a couple of years. So if that, if that transfers over, I'll take it. I just, had to, I just had to ask, Andy, uh, thoughts on, on Nebraska basketball and, and Coach Hoiberg and company will start here with uh, where the team's at, disappointing down against Kansas State. University of Queens uh, gets rocking tonight. Are, are, is, is this, they're all big, but is this a big ball game for, for Fred and company? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a non-conference game, so I, you have to keep it in, in perspective. But, you know, this is a team that, you know, had built some momentum with obviously the great win at, at Creighton and then, you know, a, a, a terrific game against Purdue and, you know, had chances to, to, to be a, a number one, you know, caliber team. As you mentioned, you know, the, the K-State game was disappointing. This team doesn't have a lot of, uh, 
you know, mar- margin of error, right? So if they don't if they don't bring it, if they're not healthy, if they're missing a couple pieces, or a couple pieces don't play well, they can they can certainly be beat by, you know, by, by solid programs. Kansas State's not a great program; it's not terrible either. So tonight, I think, is important in the sense that they, you know they you be Creighton, you know, now now you have to keep improving. You have to you know find ways to win, especially at home, and you got to get yourself a little momentum going into Christmas because the, the Big Ten season is going to be a grind. You're already zero and two. Um, I think it gets easier. You play at Indiana and Purdue at home, so I, the, the schedule does get a little easier. But this would be a nice way to, uh, you know, to, to, to heal up a little bit. See the ball go through the hoop. Uh, you know, protect your home court, which is going to be important for them to have a chance to be successful in the Big Ten. Andy Markowski with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and Andy, with a team like this that that's still gelling, you think there's something to the fact of how much they've struggled outside the borders of the state of Nebraska. I mean, I know Creighton was technically a road game, but it's still inside the state of Nebraska, and there was a good number of Husker fans at that game. But Nebraska, I think only one win outside the borders of the state of Nebraska thus far this season. Do you think there's something to that with a team that you know hasn't quite come together and might struggle on, a, on an opposing floor where – the, the, the fans are rowdy and it makes things a little bit tough. Is that something to watch early in the season? No, I, I, I don't. I mean, it's naturally hard to play on the road, but they, they've played a really hard schedule. I mean, if you look at, you know, the St. John's, uh, you know, Big East uh, game, they didn't have Walker. And then, you know, then you're down with some neutral four games against some good teams. With, you know, without, he had Walker and, 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 and two of those, but he was just back. And, you know, certainly you go, you're going to Indiana – um, so it, it is hard to win on the road. I, I don't, you know, think that it's unique to this group. This is a veteran group. I think that's what makes them special. Is they, you know, they've been in adversity. They've been in those situations. And, you know, I, I think the the, the the biggest issue potentially with this team is they're they're not very deep. Um, you know, they're dependent on on you know Walker finding them some baskets at the five. It was nice to see you know Breitbach and and the bench uh, find a way to score at K-State. They, they need some other players to, to step up and score. If they would have had a little bit more contributions from like a wheelchair against Purdue, they win that game. So, you know, when you go on the road, you, you know, four or five players have to play well, and they just haven't been able to do that in, in some of those road situations. Andy, one of the guys who played played really well uh, down in Kansas City, Jamarcus Lawrence, what did what, what you think of his game, and what do you see moving forward here role-wise? Well, he's a, he's a young kid, right? So, so as a freshman, uh, I think offensively he's been able to help them probably from from the start. Um, you know, when I went and watched him a little bit uh, in early no- uh, November, some October practices, Fred thought maybe he was one of the better shooters on the team. However, um, they're hanging their hat on defense right now. I mean, rotations and and scouting and, and things that sometimes young kids struggle to to adjust to. So, you know, the fact that he was able to get in and and, and contribute offensively, I think now that you know, he's, you know, a third or, you know, 30% through the season. You hope that he's picking up some of the defensive things that he's going to be able to do. But they need to find some uh, some points from the bench. And if he's a kid that can come in and, and shoot it and open the floor a little bit more for some of their drivers, that's a positive. Andy, i got to switch gears with you to uh, Nebraska women and, and KU tomorrow. Uh, KU comes in number 20, but uh, you know what? Coach Williams and company uh, feels like uh, that, that maybe Nebraska women, they're back on track. Well, certainly they're they're playing better. I think it took them some time to learn how to play without Sam Hobby. Now, the positive thing is she, Sam, is, is back. You know, it's still not, you know, probably 100%, but, um, you know, I think Jess Shelley found her, you know, her role playing a little bit uh, more on the ball than off the ball. I, I You know, I think Alexis uh, – 
uh, has settled in and, and has been a little bit more consistent than maybe what she was the first uh, you know couple three games of the season. Izzy Bourne's hurt, so they still need to get her back. Is you know even though they've, they've been productive up front, you know Izzy's a three-year starter, mm-hmm. all conference caliber player, so they need to get her back. And and the schedule itself, I encourage uh, if you haven't seen him, uh, Kansas is terrific. Kansas went down to beat Arizona, which is nice in the country by thirty. Uh, they're undefeated, um, so come out you know tomorrow night, uh, barring the blizzard, and and support this group. And then you know then they get Michigan at home, and they go to number four Indiana. So the next three games, they're going to find a lot about themselves. And you know to Amy's point, I, I do think they're playing better, but they're going to have to, uh, to to have that consistency if they're going to be competitive, especially in a three game stretch like they're up against. And even a chance to, to check out the rest of the Big Ten and how they stack up. That's a topic we've hit a little bit on the men's team, just based on, you know, how many numbers do you think that the Big Ten will get in the men this year? Have you had a chance to watch the women? And, and I guess I'll rephrase that same question back to you. How many Big Ten women's teams do you think are, are going to be going dancing this year if you've, if you've had a chance to follow that and watch? Yeah, I, I think it's solid six. Um, and, and seven is, is, is kind of on the bubble. I look at a team like Purdue that, that has had a pretty solid non-conference if they can find some. Um, you know, the great thing about the Big Ten is you can play your way in, right? I mean, you got you got Iowa in the top ten. you got Indiana in the top ten. you got Ohio State in the top ten. I mean, so any of these teams in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten, you find your, you know, find a way to win a couple of those games. Those are great resume wins. You know, Nebraska has one already at Maryland. That, that, that's a win that comes collection Sunday. Uh, you know, that gets people's attention. Not a lot of people are going to go into, into Maryland and win or, or win at some of these other places. So uh, I think the Big Ten from, from four to ten is a lot deeper and more consistent than maybe what, what it was a year ago. Um, I, you know, the top was good a year ago. I think the top is good again. And if Nebraska stays healthy, I, I think they have a chance. They're, they're different. Ohio State, uh, Indiana, uh, Iowa are all small. They, they play kind of four out around one post. Uh, Nebraska has the ability to, to play with two posts that can score. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we can if we can win the four matchup against some of those teams, or if we're going to have to play smaller to to, to better match, so we we have a I think a little bit different team than the top of the league. It'll be just interesting how it plays out. Andy, about thirty seconds, give us an update on uh, Pius girls basketball. How things are rolling? Yeah, no, thanks, Chris, for for asking. We're uh, fortunately to be five and zero. The kids are, are working hard, playing great. Uh, the hack uh, just got seated, so the the hack conference tournament will start. Uh, after Christmas, so we were fortunate to, to be voted number one. So I think it's our fifth year in a row that we're the, the one seed to start the hack. And uh, we have our, our kind of our rival wing in Southwest. Uh, it was supposed to be Thursday night. Now it's uh, now it's tomorrow night due to the storm. So it's always a great, you know, in, in-city rival against uh, a great program at Lincoln Southwest. But, uh, you know, happy to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see high school uh, and college basketball in full swing. Andy, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks for jumping on and talking some ball with us today. Awesome. Same to you guys. Merry Christmas. Take care. There he is, Andy Markowski, pride of Ord. Joining us, uh, Husker men's and women's basketball, some high school hoops. Good to get his perspective. Uh, We've shuffled things around. Mitch Sherman, 15 minutes away. We're going to give Mitch a virtual hug. Apparently he's dealing with the... Uh, vehicle issues. Travis Vokalek on the way next hour. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time, Hail Varsity Radio. So we've shifted up the, the lineup a bit. Big thanks to Andy Markowski for 
switching up and joining us a little bit earlier. Mitch Sherman's 10 minutes away. And then we talked with Travis Vokalek a little bit before the show. The full video of that is or will be posted, uh, but we streamyard that, and you'll be able to hear Travis Vokalek and his new do uh, coming up at 525. Busy day tomorrow. Plans for signing day. Damon Benning going to be with us. Super excited to get his take on the class. Mike Babcock will join us. We'll check in with Brady Altman's. We've got uh, word out to some of the signees as well, which will be nice. John Gingery will join us. So uh, jam-packed early signing day. And Elijah, what's your takeaway, man? I thought The Athletic did a great story on the 13 Colorado kids that pretty much got told to bleep off by Dion and his staff. Now, if you're Dion and you're a 1-11 football team and the previous staff has recruited what they've recruited, you look at the rankings. Well, Dion's like, I can bring in my own my own uh, uh, Louise. And... One of the things I'm, I'm wrestling with here is I'm looking at I'm going, well, he's just absolutely stabbing these, these guys in the back that have been his roster. He's replacing him with other three stars. It's not like he's like replacing bad talent with better talent based on recruiting rankings. It and, looks and the who, same, but then I also have to sit knows? back and go look at our conversation for the past week and a half, two weeks, and say, well, not all three stars are built the same. Some fit a system better. Some you might think are underrated by and the, the they recruiting could leave services. two days after they show up whenever the portal opens. And there's no loyalty. There's no loyalty anymore, but which it, but, that's the way of the world. And that's what it is. The, it, the manner in which the message has been delivered, I think, needs some work. If you're Dion and you're not taking these kids, then you need to make a phone call. Metzger's was one of the, the kids that was on this, this buff list that, that their scholarships were offered and, and not held on to. Well, Metzger's ended up at K-State. Nebraska was in hot pursuit after him at the tight end spot. Well, yeah, and, and these guys said it was a 30-second conversation. Hey, we're not honoring your scholarship anymore. Good Peace. Luck. That was it. It was a 30-second conversation. So the way that the message was delivered is the problem. And who did it? And who did it? It wasn't Dion. I know. It, was, it may not even have been a position coach. No, it was someone. Some staffer. Yeah, and the guy didn't even introduce himself. He said, hey. Hey, dude, I'm from the Buffs. Uh, you're out. Thanks. Peace. Yeah. That, Merry, that, that, Merry that, Christmas. That's a very, very good way to sum up these conversations. That's about how it went. And I, I, it's really interesting to see the two different sides of, of people who are talking about D on this. People saying, well, that's the way of college football. Loyalty is just a word in the dictionary, and you got to do what you got to do to turn around a football program. These guys were coming to Colorado, so clearly they weren't that good. Why would you be going to a 111 football program anyway? There's that side. And there's other people saying, College football is a it's a close knit community. It's a fraternity, and word gets around of mm-hmm. how you treat other people, and and this isn't the way you go about it in college football. And I'm not sure which is right. I'm not sure which is wrong. I think time will have to tell and see what the results. What, what look isn't like, on the same page is the athletic director calling these kids personally after Durrell was blown out, saying we will honor your scholarship, yep. and then Dion. And the AD being on the same on, on on different pages. We got Coach Barnett coming up Thursday. Get his take on this situation. Uh, Mitch Sherman on the way. Ten minutes away with Hale Varsity Hour Two. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? 
Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Travis Vokalek, our conversation with him. In about 20 minutes, we welcome in with The Athletic, Mitch Sherman joining us at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how's the day, man? A little bit of Murphy's Law going on, Chris. I, I can't lie to you. Um, you know, we're trying to get get uh, everything in a, in a in a good position ahead of this incoming storm of the century that's going to hit us tomorrow. Got some uh, local localized travel coming up. My wife's car started acting up. Uh, was trying to fix fix a tire pressure issue. Got a nail in the tire now that I just discovered or has been discovered. So this car is going to sit in the garage for the next few days and hopefully not turn into. Um, an undrivable vehicle with a flat tire, but you know we'll get through. Everything's uh, everything's good, and 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 uh, you know on the football front, um, got signing day tomorrow, so that's uh, exciting. It, it is. I am sorry for the old uh, nail in the tire. Those suck, uh, and mm-hmm. they are not fun to deal with, and they're not fun to deal with this time of year. So you've had time. Have you been able to translate Mr. Rule, Coach Rule's emojis? Can you give us a little crystal ball? Elijah did some math earlier. It was bad mm-hmm. math, and, uh, but I stand by. But you, yeah. you, I stand by you, my interpretation. You, you worked the problem. I'm proud of you for it. I'm working on a, on a master decoder system that will allow us to translate the Matt Rule emojis into speakable English, and it's, it's still a work in progress. I think I... I think I can translate some of it. Um, you know, a lot of times it's based on current events that are happening on the landscape and recruiting. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if, if he will continue with the, uh, the, the, the code over Twitter in, in uh, normal times, you know, when we're not a few days away from the open of the early signing period or a, a period when – when he's got official visitors on campus, you know, is he going to be like this during the season? I, I, I suspect not. I think this is more a recruiting thing, and I think it's more an early in the, an early in the in the tenure, um, kind of uh, tactic. I don't think we'll see this from Matt Rule two, three years down the road necessarily, or, or probably not with with this kind of frequency. It's been fun to follow him. You know, we've not had 
a head coach at Nebraska who's been active in this way on Twitter, or really assistant coaches, coaches period, who've been active this way in, in letting the public and the media in um, to, to some degree to, to have an idea of, like, you know, the coach being excited about this or that. And, you know, some of it's been fun. Some of it's been mysterious. Some of it's been, um, you know, I don't know what to make of it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all being, being uh, intensely analyzed. Well, your analysis right now, based on what's verbalized, 19 commits, some portal guys, mm-hmm. a part of that. What's your feel right now with Nebraska and Rule, their momentum for 2023? Yeah, portal guys on top of the of the nineteen. So nineteen is just uh, is just the um, the signees, the the recruits. Um, try, I'm trying to think. Is there anybody out of junior college? Um, don't see any JUCOs. I don't think. Yeah, I think it's all high school kids among those nineteen. And then you've got what three three known transfer portal additions. <sighs> you know, we've been through this. We've been down this road before at Nebraska, where coaches have come in and put together transition classes, and you see a large number of players jumping on board in a short period of time, and there's always a lot of excitement over it. And, you know, with some exceptions, they, you know, these classes tend to have a high miss ratio. Mm-hmm. So and I'm not saying that's the case with this one, but I think that's just generally the case with prospects that are not vetted as thoroughly as what you get for a coach who's been here for a year or two years. Um, you know, Matt Rule's 2024 class, it, it go, it, 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 it's, it's undeniable, is going to be more thoroughly vetted. They're, the, the coaches are going to have more established relationships with those players than they do with these guys in the 23 group. Now, you know, what, what I, what's impressive to me is that it, it's not random. It's not like they're just throwing, throwing darts out there and trying to collect, you know, any three-star player or, you know, semi-known commodity on the recruiting map that they can find. Um, you can see geographically the way that Matt Rule has gone about these past three weeks and two days. And, you know, he, it, he had a plan. He started at home and said, all right, I'm going to lock down the guys or work to lock down the guys who are already in the fold for Nebraska, and then add some players to that mix. And then he went to Texas, and he went to Pennsylvania, and you know which are proven. Those, those are the two states that he's been head coach in. And they spread out from there, and they went and they checked in on the out-of-state recruits that Nebraska had under the previous coaching staff. So he hasn't deviated from that plan. So that, that, that to me, you know, indicates that he's been strategic about this, it's not random, um, and, and not just geographically where he's gone, and from a time uh, management perspective, but also the type of player that he's recruited. They fit the mold of the Matt Rule recruit that we've seen sign with him at Temple and at Baylor, and that he's loading up on athleticism and speed and, and track guys. Um, and on the defensive side in particular, I think they've got some really good football players. Mitch Sherman is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mitch, we, we let off the show by talking about Matt Rule going down to Texas and going down to Florida and, and picking up high school coaches for his staff to mm-hmm. come up and assist him. Mm-hmm. You'd assume help in recruiting as well. I want to get your take on those moves and, and what you make of them. And maybe do you think Matt Rule adds a, a Nebraska high school coach in the same way? Well, he did that at, at Baylor. He hired three 
Texas high school football coaches, and, and one of them is Joey McGuire, who's now the head coach at, at Texas Tech. So this is in his blueprint. It's different to be in the state of Texas and go out and try to find high school coaches who are ready to be assistant coaches in college. It's different to do that there than it is in the state of Nebraska. There, there are um, many, many times more high schools and, and more coaches to, to choose from in the state of Texas. So I don't know that he's going to find somebody from the Nebraska high school coaching ranks and, 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 and put that, that coach in a, in a position to be on the Nebraska staff if he does. And, and there are certainly qualified mm-hmm. coaches out there. Um, it's just they're lower in numbers than what you have in the state of Texas. Um, it, it remains to be seen. There, there's nobody who's known to have made that jump yet. Um, you know, I, I'm sure he'd be on the lookout for that. And just because he doesn't hire that guy right now, um, you know, that doesn't mean that he won't do it in the future. In fact, I, I think at some point, if Matt Rule stays at Nebraska for you know the, the, the length of his contract, he's absolutely going to dip into the Nebraska high school ranks and find a coach and 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 bring that coach up the ladder. You'll you'll see it, and you're seeing it now in in his first weeks on the job with. Um, as you mentioned, Elijah, going to Florida um, and getting Philip Simpson, who's got some kind of a role on the staff, you know, likely in a in a non or an off the field position, um, helping with recruiting, helping um, in in the in the types of things that that um, you know, like an analyst would do, um, and, and then um, you know we also know about Bob Wager, the coach from Arlington Mort Martin. Um, he's not uh, officially done. Um, I've I have had a relationship with him or I've spoken with him in the past in, in some work that I've done um, and talked to him briefly today. He said it's it, still working through some things. Um, you know, he was here in Lincoln or is here in Lincoln and has been here on a visit. Um, you're talking about a guy in, in Wager, if, if Rule brings him on, who is extremely respected in the state of Texas as a high school coach and has been around that state for a long time and produced some big time players like Miles Garrett, who was the number one pick in the in the NFL draft out of Texas A and M, um, and you know would be a uh, a score for Nebraska from the side of the recruiting side of things when you go into the state of Texas. Um, you know whether he's in the office as uh, as you know in that kind of a role or he is. Um, He's out on the road as a full-time assistant coach. You know, potentially you could fit him into your offensive staff. Um, that remains to be seen. You know, if if he in fact, um, you know, does come on board at Nebraska. But again, like Rule did at Baylor, um, you know, he's tapping into connections and looking to the high school ranks to fill spots um, in in certain roles on his staff. And, and that you know that that's that's outstanding. You know, that's how you grow. You, you, that's how you grow the you know grow young coaches and. That's how you bring, you know, you bring coaches along in this business. I think the guys who are coming in in these support staff roles are going to have opportunities, if not right now, in the future, to be on-field full-time assistants for Matt Rule at Nebraska. Mitch Sherman, few minutes with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Read Mitch with the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, thoughts on Casey Thompson uh, in that 2023 job, and uh, to to piggyback that. Uh, What's your read on on Dylan Riola and Nebraska because of uh, his recent decommitment uh, from Ohio State? Yeah, there's a lot going on at the quarterback spot for Nebraska with Jeff Sims in the um, you know committed to Nebraska as a transfer from Georgia Tech. You've got Malik Hornsby um, who could come to Nebraska 
um, as another quarterback transfer with the potential to move positions. Um, if, if that's something that, that he and this Nebraska staff agree on, um, it, it, you know, if in fact uh, Hornsby ends up in Lincoln, um, you've got Casey Thompson on the verge of, of you know, it sounds like an announcement that, that he's going to be back. I know Charles Thompson has talked to um, Steve Sipple about that, and, and, you know, that certainly carries um, a lot of weight. I want to hear it from, from Casey. Um, we would like to hear it from Matt Rule um, about, about, about Casey, um, not just that he's back, but also what his prognosis is after what sounds like serious uh, major shoulder surgery um, in the wake of last season. Um, you know, is he going to be ready for – I don't think he'll be ready for the spring. Um, you know, where's he going to be at in, in getting ready for, for preseason camp? Would would seem like that that's probably a good a good outlet look. But um, it'll be interesting to see how if Casey's a part of this, how that plays out over the months ahead with Sims and with Thompson and with whomever is there in that room. You know, right now you still have Logan Smothers, you still have Chubba Purdy, you still have Heinrich Harburg and Richard Torres. Um, they're not all going to be there come August. You're not going to have six or seven scholarship quarterbacks. It's more likely going to be four or, or five at, at the most. So that's all interesting. And, and you know, at, at the same time, all that anybody really wants to talk about is Dylan Rail, who's still got a year of, of, of high school left and, and the number one player in the country for, for 2024 consensus, uh, you know, top guy out there from, from Chandler, Arizona, of course, the son of, of Dominic and the nephew of, of Donovan. Uh, that is very intriguing. What happened on Saturday with his with his decommitment from Ohio State? I, I would say that Nebraska's in a good spot to be able to end up with Dylan as a commitment and, and as the, the premier commitment for its 2024 class. That has yet to happen, um, and we don't want to get ahead of this situation too much. But it's certainly looking like things are trending in that direction with. Um, Donovan's retention on this staff and Dominic's involvement and, um, you know, wanting to be around the program and the number of times that Dylan has visited Lincoln, um, you know, recent visits, uh, you know, as, as recent as, as uh, the end of October when, when they came for the Illinois game. So keep an eye on it. Uh, we'll see where this goes over the, over the weeks ahead. But, uh, you know, if he, if he jumps in, and he's the, the lead member of that 2024 recruiting class, um, that could lead to some big things between now and next year's signing day. Well, Mitch, do we know it's going to be 2024? There's rumors going around today, and I think they may have originated from Ohio State uh, side of things, that Dylan Rayla, some of where the frustration may have come from was the fact that he may have been looking to reclassify up to 2023 and get into the Ohio State program upon the departure of C.J. Stroud, not wait for another year, but then Ohio State goes and gets uh, keynotes, and uh, now that plans yeah. out the window. Is there anything to that? Have you heard any, any rumors like that as well? No, um, but, you know, Quinn Ewers did it at Ohio State. He reclassified and, and came in a year early. Um, you know, I know one thing about Dylan, and, and I've talked to Dylan a few times and, and, you know, know his family and have known that family for, for more than 20 years. Um, you know, they're going to be on top of things. And, and you know, Dylan, Dylan is, is not what you would say is like your normal high school junior. Um, he's a savvy guy. You know, they were in, in Texas, in Burleson, Texas, early in his high school career and then, and then moved out to Arizona this year. Um, I don't know exactly what his academic situation is and if he would be in position to graduate in three years, but he would be a candidate, the type of, the type of um, prospect and student, um, student in the classroom and student of the game in football who, who I think would be able to handle that kind of a, 
of a move. But no, I've not heard anything at all along those lines that, that he's looking to reclassify. But you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> I suppose, and then, and then, wow. I mean, if that were the case, you know, just hypothetically, and, and, and you know, he could come and, and be a part of your program in August, um, you're really looking at an interesting situation. I, I would not expect that as, an, as a, a 17-year-old or a 16-year-old, how, however old Dylan is, um, at, at, you know, in, in six months or nine months, that that he would be looking to come in and be your starting quarterback next year, but um, get a year under his belt and be ready to go in twenty four. Sure, that that would uh, that would help if he's in a position to be able to do that. Mitch Sherman with us from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. It's where you follow him. Mitch, we'll see you at the presser tomorrow. Thanks for uh, making time for us today, Bud, and, and uh, we'll uh, check in soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Appreciate you. There he is, Mitch Sherman. Good stuff on Dylan Riola and uh, Nebraska's class. Really good rundown. Travis Vokalek off to the NFL. Get his thoughts on how things went down in 2022. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. As we're in the stream yard, we say hi to Husker tight end Travis Vokalek. And uh, for those catching the show on the Hail Varsity YouTube channel, Travis, do a full 180, my friend, because. Was he an owl? Well, no. <laughs> but the, 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 the mullet is gone. It yep, is gone. It is. It was time, time to get rid of it. Um, it was a good run. So. Well, we'll start with the mullet. Thank you again. We had a lot of fun chatting with you through your career at Nebraska. We'll get to the NFL. We'll get to uh, the next moves for you. But, okay, the mullet said sayonara win. We need that story. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've always given credit to Jack Stoll. Um, You know, when I first got here, he was always joking around that we needed another tight end with the mullet. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a joke and, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to do that. And then he finally talked me into it. And, uh, you know, it started growing, growing it, um, you know, right before COVID hit that first year I was here. And, uh, you know, it lasted for a while. Um, it was a great run. But uh, at the end of the day, I uh, had to get rid of it. Um, you know, I was telling you guys before, guys on the team and I kind of agreed that, you know, when my college career was over that um, I was going to get rid of it. And so I did. And um, not gonna lie, I missed it a little bit. My my neck's been freezing out in this you know crazy, <laughs> crazy weather we've been having. It's freezing outside, and um, it's definitely been different. But uh, you know, it's it, it was a good time while I had it, and uh, and uh, it, it's gone now. Well, well, tell me, what was the hardest part of being a mulleted man? Well, was it that that first couple months? You know, I had some friends who grew some long hair, and they said that was really difficult. But then you had been a football guy, you got to fit all that hair into a helmet, and then at the end you you got to cut it. What was the worst part of your mulleted experience? 
Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of good that went into having a mullet. Um, there's, not, there's not a lot of bad about it. The, I mean, the only thing I'd say is, you know, when you start growing one, there's some awkward stages where, um, you know, you just you kind of cut up top and on the sides and you have some long hair in the back and it's just kind of ugly. But, um, you know, that's why you wear hats. Uh, you know, that's I was wearing a hat everywhere in the awkward stage. And, um, you know, last year or two years ago when it was really long and then this past season – um, I kind of kept it shorter, but, um, yeah, not, not a lot of bad experiences with it. it. You know, I missed the flow. I loved it. The, I guess one, another bad experience I had was in fall camp, you know, it's a hundred degrees outside and you have that bunch of hair and you're under your helmet and that's, that that's, it's hot and heavy. Um, but, you know, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it and, uh, you know, it was a good run. Travis Vokalek with us, T Vokalek too. follow him on Twitter as a uh, fantastic career at Nebraska. Travis, uh, you mentioned Jack Stoll, Austin Allen, and uh, your next uh, NFL dreams. You made the announcement yesterday. Now, you're out of eligibility, but there's a lot of things you could choose to go do, but you're going to keep uh, your football life going. Uh, what, what's some feedback you've received, if any, and what's on the horizon here? What, uh, what's the plan here workout-wise and interview-wise? Yeah, um, you know, I give a lot of credit to Jack and Oz and even Cam Jurgens. Um, you know, I've kind of been talking with them throughout this whole process, throughout the whole year, because you know you've got you've got agents reaching out left and right um, throughout the whole whole year, trying to get you to sign with them or give them a verbal yeah or whatever whenever your eligibility is done. Um, and you know, they they've done a great job, you know, continuing to uh, guide me in, in how this process works and. Um, you know, it's, it can be stressful during the season because um, you're trying to focus on football and school, and then you want to think about the future as well. Um, and, you know, I, I, I recently signed with an agent, um, some guys that, um, you know, I'm really comfortable with and I trust. And um, I did that a couple weeks ago, and I'm headed out to uh, Pensacola, Florida to go train um, at Exos um, down in Florida where the weather's a lot warmer um, and there's not snow. And I guess we're having a big snowstorm come you know, through here in the next couple of days or whatever. Um, and there won't be any snow down there. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm headed down to Florida. Uh, I'll be down there for, um, a couple months training, um, you know, just getting the body right and getting the body back from the season. Um, and, uh, I'll be down there for a couple months and then I'll hopefully get an invite to the combine. Um, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure when those all come out. Um, but that would, that would be something that, I'd be very uh, thankful for if I got, got an invite to the combine. Um, and then I've got a NFL PA bowl invite. Um, I'm super excited about, and that's, uh, end of January, um, that I'll be out in California. That's at the Rose bowl. Um, so that, that'd be pretty sweet to get out there and, um, you know, perform in front of, uh, scouts and, you know, be coached by NFL coaches and, you know, be, be able to play and play in the Rose bowl stadium. I think that'd be pretty sweet. Um, so I'll go out there and then, um, I'm not 100% sure when our pro day is yet. Um, I know with the new coaching staff, I've talked with a couple of them. Um, I've been up at the stadium working out, and I've, I've met the new new strength coach, and um, he's kind of been talking to me through stuff because he was with the Panthers, and he's been talking about, you know, what they do um, for their workout-wise and um, how, how it's just different than uh, college football. And, you know, they, something about the staff and Coach Rule is that, you know, he's he's mentioned how big pro day is for them and, you know, how it's a big deal and how they how they try to set it up um, to, to make it a big deal for us. So, um, I'm, I'm super excited about these uh, next couple of months. It's going to be busy. So kind of enjoying my time off right now. Um, you know, been, been dealing with, 
injuries throughout the season that, you know, finally getting the body back, getting those healthy and doing rehab and working out and um, going to enjoy the holidays with my, with my parents and family and then uh, head down to Florida. Travis Vokalek with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Travis, uh, impressions right now with this new staff. You've, you bumped into them a, a handful of times, but, you know, it's uh, the next chapter in Nebraska football, new staff, some changes, and uh, early thoughts here on, on what some of the guys that you're still close with are coming back to. Yeah, you know, I, I've talked to a couple of the guys um, in the tight end room on the offense and defense, and, you know, they, they seem like they're really excited about it. Um, you know, I, I was super excited that we, you know, with that last win at Iowa, and, man, it feels good to say that um, to finally beat those guys uh, while, while I was here. And carrying that trophy is something I'll remember forever. Um, and, you know, it's it was awesome to send them, you know, out with with some momentum, um, some po- some positive momentum into the next year. Um, so th- they've been saying, you know, uh, a lot of good things um, and how they're super excited. And, and, you know, I can't wait to watch. Travis Vokalek is with us here at Hale Varsity Radio. And Travis, before we look too far ahead to the future, I do want to quickly go back to, to what has been really a tumultuous senior year for you and the rest of the team, a lot of ups and downs. And I want you to, to take yeah. me through this season from, uh, you know, over the summer trying to find a rapport with a new quarterback in Casey Thompson. And then you get into this season and head coach gets fired halfway through the year. And I'm sure that caused some tough times within the team. And then to, to cap it all off with the win against Iowa, t- take me through that roller coaster, what it was like for you and you know, what, what you may have taken from this season, uh, life lessons, if you will. Yeah. You know, it, it was a roller coaster. Um, you know, a lot of good things, um, some not so good things, but um, you know, starting off in Ireland, that was an awesome experience. Um, you know, guys, guys really enjoyed that experience we had down there and, um, you know, unfortunately didn't get the win. Um, but you know, I thought, man, it it was, it was a great trip. Um, you know, there was a lot to build off on that game. Um, even though we didn't win. Um, but yeah, going, going back to, back to summer, um, you know, with our, our new offensive coordinator and, you know, new quarterbacks coming in, um, you know, we were grinding like crazy and a lot of people don't, don't understand, you know, just how hard, you know, student athletes and football players and, you know, I, every every athlete on college campuses, you know, they don't understand the commitment and the sacrifices that a lot of guys make behind closed doors. And, um, you know, we were grinding like crazy, you know, like you said, trying to find those connections with new quarterbacks and, um, you know, new transfers, new receivers, new, new defensive guys um, that all came in. But, you know, I, I thought we did a great job and, you know, we were really confident going in the, in the season that, you know, things were going to go well. And, um you know, there was a lot of a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and um, you know, it's it's something I'll never regret is you know just just playing here and um, you know me- making making you know relationships that are going to last forever with guys on the team and um, you know people at this university and um, you know it's I guess for life lessons I'd say you know you just got to keep grinding um, you know it's 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 a true grind with college football. You know, there's there's going to be injuries, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be mess ups, there's going to be losses. It's it's how you respond to it, and that's something I really uh, you know was was really prideful on this team is that we didn't give up. Um, you know, even when things didn't go our way, you know, we continued to come back on Sundays and Mondays throughout the week and grind and fight and uh, you know just itch our way back to uh, to compete for another game on Saturday. And um, you know, I, I was really prideful on that with this team. Travis Vokalek uh, with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. We were out in Iowa City for uh, pre and post game, and uh, you know, watching that that first half and then the the third quarter where it was comfortable 
and just kind of scanning the, the 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 Nebraska fans that made the trip. That was uh, that was interesting to kind of people watch. And then as the fourth quarter got deeper, it, it got nervous. And then the Hawkeye fans got into it, and you guys found a way to withstand. What do you remember about that fourth quarter? Uh, being a part of it on the offensive side of things, but overall, was there uh, a nervousness that that crept up it within you? Yeah, um, you know, I'd say in, in, in previous years, there were times that um, in games where we were like, "Oh crap, here we go again. We have a big lead. We're gonna blow it." Um, it's kind of kind of stuff like that. But in, in Iowa, um, in Iowa City, you know, it, it never crossed my mind that we were gonna win that football game. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, offense didn't produce, you know, as well as it did in the first half. Um, but, you know, we kept going out there, kept fighting. We knew our defense was going to make a couple big plays. Um, and like they did all year, you know, our defense played well, um, great all year. You know, Gene Elliott and Nick and uh, Reimer and all those guys, our linebackers and, and our whole defense, our, our back end. Um, you know, we, we've got a lot of confidence in them. And we, we knew that they were going to come up big for us. And, um you know, we just we kept going out there and, you know, continued to, to try and make plays, you know. Um, Casey and Trey in that first half, man, those those guys were, were unbelievable. And Trey Palmer, I, he's going to be a baller in the NFL. I can't wait to watch what he's going to do. And um, he's a great, great dude. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to call myself his teammate. Um, but, you know, it's at the end of the day, um, you know, I knew we were going to win that game no matter what happened. And um, it's just it's just great that you know we could get that win for our seniors and um, build momentum into the next year. Few minutes, our conversation with Husker tight end now off to the NFL. Travis Vokalek, Hail Varsity Radio continues. Want to remind you about uh, getting that Husker fan what they really want, and that's more Husker info, insight, uh, opinion, entertainment. All of it is there with Hail Varsity Magazine, Hail Varsity. Dot com and your chance to subscribe hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe is where you go you log on and uh, it's real easy you type in the code GBR and your chance to save some money and, and the- if you don't want to even remember the code keep it real simple hailvarsity.com forward slash offer will give you the direct uh, access that we'll give you uh, for even more deals. So GBR ah. is one way to do it, but you can go to the direct URL. If you can remember that, hailvarsity.com slash offer. We have an even better Slash offer. offer. Yes. Well, bang. We'll do that. More Travis, Travis Vokalek next. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Travis Vokalek with us. T Vokalek 2. Follow him on Twitter. As a fantastic career at Nebraska, what is it about finally getting Iowa, a border rival? You're a Missouri kid, so you know the region and the bragging rights. And it had been a while. You guys got that done. But are they a team that that you respect? Are they a team that you just... Really, if you had a draft pick to beat, that'd be the one. I mean, where does where does that rivalry kind of stack up from your shoes, from your experience in Lincoln? Yeah, you know, my I've had a bunch of family from Iowa City, and my dad was at Northern Iowa for a little bit, so he knew those coaches pretty well. And um, when I entered the portal, you know, they recruited me pretty hard, and um, ultimately ended up choosing Nebraska over them. And 
You know, I, I always respect our opponent. Um, you know, I respect Iowa and, um, you know, they, they're a great football team. And um, I was just happy that we could get that win. And, um, you know, it's it just huge for our seniors because we, we never held that uh, that trophy before. And, uh, man, that plane ride home was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we, we had a great time. Political answer there. Was, I respect those guys. Was that a whole can or a <laughs> yeah. half can in the picture is my question. Uh, yeah, my uh, my mom was a very happy one. <laughs> <laughs> Neither she, was uh, mine. <laughs> they're, uh, you know, it was funny. I was sitting there, and I didn't think they were going to post it on, on Twitter or Instagram or whatever they posted it on. And then I, I pull it up, and Ginelli and I sit by each other on the, uh, on the airplane, and he's showing me that picture, and, He's just showing me all the comments about people, um, you know, commenting on the chaw in my mouth. It was hilarious. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was just we, – we had a great time in that. That was a fun plane ride home, and, um, you know, it was, it was a great win for our seniors. That, that, was a, that was a damn horseshoe, though. Yeah, that, was, that was a Lenny Dykstra tribute is, 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 is what that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Travis, we'll get you out of here, but you mentioned a little bit earlier about the portal and what the portal is now compared to what the portal was when you, when you left Rutgers for, for Nebraska advice, advice to uh, people considering uh, greener pastures uh, each to their own. Yes, but it's, it's crazy right now. How many thousands of kids are in the portal that may or may not have a spot? Yeah, it's, you know, I, when I went in the portal, there was like a hundred kids or something like that. And that was what, four, four years ago. Um, and it's just changed like crazy cranes or changed drastically, um, you know, with the way college football is now. And, um, you know, it's some advice that I have for guys that are thinking about doing it is you just, you need to weigh out all your options and understand that, you know, if you are taking that risk, when you go on the portal, there is a chance you won't find a home. Um, and you just need to make the best decision for yourself. It's not about what, you know, what you're, what anybody else wants is what you want and what your family wants. Um, so I, I was fortunate to find, find a great landing spot here at Nebraska and, uh, you know, really enjoyed my time. But, you know, I, I saw a, a thing where like, I think only 60% kids or something like that, you know, only find, find a, find another, another uh, team to go play for or whatever. And, um, it's somewhere around there. I'm not sure the exact percentage or whatever, but, um, yeah, you just, you just got to weigh out all your options and, you know, understand that the grass isn't always greener. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's a big risk. Um, so, but I, I really, I was really fortunate to find, find a landing spot and uh, really, really enjoyed my time here in Nebraska. Travis, last thought before we get you out, you mentioned headed off to Florida here shortly, getting ready for the combine and getting ready for the draft. And I, I want to know, what are you going to be focusing on over these next couple of months? And I know a lot of guys are going to say, well, I'm focusing on all aspects of my game, but it's only a few short months to get ready. So what do yeah. you want to improve? What do you want to show the scouts before the NFL combine and before the NFL draft? Yeah, you know, something that I really think I I could work on is my speed. Um, you know, it's tough this whole year, um, you know, playing with an injured ankle and all that stuff, and that's not an excuse, but um, I just feel like I, I can really showcase, you know, I can run, um, you know, being a 6'7", 255, 260 kid, um, and, and that's something I, I really think that, that, that I'll uh, – I, I could work on down in Florida and I know that the guys down there are going to, are going to put me in great situations with training and, um, you know, recovery and, um, you know, making my body right for, uh, for the combine and the other opportunities I had. Gusecki's a guy that, that I think of that's around your height or kind of that range. Uh, obviously uh, what Kelsey's doing, who are some guys you love watching and, you think okay, it'd be it'd be great to be able to pattern my game after, or who do you even pattern your game after? How do you how does your game fit in the NFL? Do you think your your assets? 
Yeah, you know, I, I love watching Kittle. Um, you know, I love that video of him whenever he's blocking um, and he's blocking, he's drive blocking a guy and he's smiling and laughing. Um, so that's that's something I I really like watching. Um, you know, a couple other guys, Kelsey. I, I love watching Gronk's uh, film um, when he was playing. Um, you know, he's a beast. And uh, you know, there's a couple other guys, but um, you know, I really like really like watching Kelsey and Kittle and and Gronk. And I think it'd be awesome to to do what they're doing. Um, and it'd be a great opportunity. Travis uh, Volkalek with us here, Hail Varsity Radio. Travis, best to you. We'll stay in touch, and thanks for your time uh, throughout your career, man. Best of luck. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Good to spend time with Travis Volkalek and uh, that full interview from this segment and the previous segment, uh, the full sit-down in StreamYard will be posted shortly if it's not already. It's already posted up on Look YouTube. Look at you. You're like, you stupid old man. So you can go check out the video feed. You can check out the hair. It's on YouTube right now. Yeah, it'll he did also, a 180. It's a Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Yeah, it'll also be posted up uh, whenever we post the full video of this show on YouTube a little bit later tonight. Sure. So if you're a person who likes to catch it that way, or if you're a person who you know catches bits and pieces of the show and you want to go catch the full show later tonight, yep. that and is the way you go to watch that. We have a, a user that says, hey, what about Vocalek? Is he excited about the the new management? He He's had positive interactions especially Coach Campbell already, the strength and conditioning coach, getting him geared up and ready for the NFL. And that's a nice mesh, quite honestly, because uh, Rule and a lot of his dudes are not far removed from the NFL, and they knew and know how important the, the combine and, and the, the pro day is when it comes to evaluating and scouting. And I don't want to put words into Travis's mouth, um, but my read from his answer to that question was essentially, they've helped me out with everything I've wanted. I have nothing bad to say about them, but also I'm probably not the person to ask. Yeah. That, that, was, that was my take on it. Because he's not there anymore. He's like, yeah, I have limited interaction with them. They've been helpful. I'm excited for a pro day. They said they're going to help me out with that. But other than that, I, I can't speak to it all that much. That, that was my read to it. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure excited for new management's the way I'd put it, but I don't think he has anything bad to say about the new management. None of know? these kids that have been at Nebraska the last four, five, six, seven years want to see people that brought him in or they transferred into gone, period. This is not what you want because that's who you committed to play for. Things didn't work out. Things have shifted, new regime, and you support the program, theoretically. And then I think he's, again, I'm, I'm not speaking for him, but he's, he's handling it like a, a professional. So good on Travis Vokalek, uh, best to him in the NFL. NFL power rankings are out, really not a change. Broncos number one. They got the win this weekend. <laughs> number, number one from the bottom. <laughs> uh, Philly's still number one. They stay in the top spot. Buffalo, that was a big win over Miami. Impressive win. Really, I was impressed by how Miami handled the elements. I know you're supposed to as a pro, but it was right there, and it took another Josh Allen drive to uh, to get that thing handled. Chiefs looked good. Kansas City's got a knack, especially this season, for walk-off wins. McKinnon was electric, and I know Clyde's been down. So there's your top three. That's not a shocker. Uh, what Cincinnati did, did in the second half of a game where – Tampa really just needed one more score to turn the lights out, and it turned into a fumble fest. San Fran with pretty, looked more than serviceable. Dallas and Minnesota, who are they really?
We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, a Tuesday edition, Hail Varsity, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. Follow the show at HVarsity Radio. Can watch the show that way or on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Can get caught up with Damon Benning and, uh, of course, uh, Andrew. Those guys do a tremendous job in the morning here locally on ESPN Lincoln, so check them out 7 to 9. And a reminder to get buckled up. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries, and only if you're properly buckled up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We'll have full signing day recap, bits of the press conference. Uh, commits will join us tomorrow, and uh, we'll uh, get it kicked off with Damon Benning and Mike Babcock in hour one. East coach John Gingery will be with us in Nebraska getting Florida transfer edge chief borders. Uh, to uh, to join his mate, which is nice. Corey, uh, is, it's not Collier, is it? I think it is. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's not French. Fine. Well, it could be Collier. Eh, yeah. No way. I don't know. I thought I heard somebody who's way smarter than me say it differently <laughs> earlier in the week. Well, let it be known that there are a lot of people out there smarter than you and me, Schmitty, so. <laughs> no, that's, wow. <laughs> So we'll say the safety, right? Uh, uh, Corey Collier, uh, and you have uh, Chief Borders. Uh, Borders, a uh, top 40 edge, Chicago kid, 6'5", 240, and uh, three years to play. Mm -hmm. So you're getting some guys that have had a, a taste of SEC football, and they've not liked where they've been at in Gainesville, so they're probably dudes that were on a board at Baylor at one time or on a board somewhere with some of these assistants at one time or another. Hey, remember us? Yeah, nice to see you. How about you come to Nebraska? And Gainesville's never really had a problem attracting or using talent, so I like that. Uh, Yeah, it's... uh Obviously, I think I'm, especially with portal guys, more wait and see. There's a reason that they're into the portal. Hmm. And uh, you have to kind of evaluate that with I'll everybody. Say, and, you, and, you and, do. And, and some people, it could just come down to they didn't get the right opportunity. They weren't in the right offense. You look at well, a guy coaching like, change, too. Yeah, coaching change. Maybe there's great talent ahead of them. They never got the chance. That's case of a guy like Trey Palmer. Maybe there's new talent coming in that's going to be pushing them out new coaching staff, and they want a fresh opportunity. Maybe they never quite found their footing. Uh, you, you don't know. There's something that was wrong at their last stop. So especially with transfer portal kids more than recruiting kids, I am in wait-and-see mode. Let's see what they do on the field mm-hmm. first. But Borders, athletically, he's got the frame. Um, he's put on some weight during his time at Florida. It sounds like he might be a little more college-ready and maybe make an instant impact. A guy that can slot right into that linebacker position because Nebraska still searching for a third that they could put next to Henrich and Reimer, assuming both those guys are back. Yeah, well, and, and you got a guy who played in four games in 2021, redshirted. So, uh, again, three years of eligibility, but we'll have a signing day blowout for you tomorrow, and it'll get kicked off the right way with uh, coffee and cream in the morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Check that out as uh, 
good uh, stuff from you today, Elijah, per the usual. Chris Schmidt will send it to the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Hail Varsity, YouTube channel. If you want to catch today's show, talk to you for signing day 2023 tomorrow. A Huda Media Production.